Okay, how many of you have enjoyed this teaching on grace all month? Give God a hand of praise. How many of you see grace in a whole nother way? Okay. So, so last week I wasn't here, and um, Pastor Harold was teaching on, um, on accepting, uh, graciously accept the kiss. And what he was saying is, uh, even when someone mean to do, do you wrong, be ready to accept it and give grace to them. Because even when someone does you wrong, because God is your God, he is doing something incredible with their wrong to make it right. So, so I, was, I was listening to it uh, again today, and I was listening to that message. That was such a good word for us. That even though um, the kiss came, without the kiss, it wouldn't have led to the crucifixion and the resurrection. Right? And so God will work out what looks bad for the good of those that love the Lord. So we can't be mad at Judas. Amen. He was used by God, too. And you can't be mad at anybody who done you wrong. Because if you belong to God, God will allow stuff to happen to you so that he could prove to you how much he's your God. I mean, I want to talk to the people where he's proved it to them. <laughs> amen, amen. And so Paul, Paul says that we were given grace for grace, right? Which means that don't be in, in so big of a hurry to receive grace that you forget to give some away. You got it to give it. Okay. That's why he gave you so much. And some need more than others. They need God's grace and your grace too. <laughs> Amen. So I, I'm excited as, we, as we're um, moving into next month. And next month, God gave me two words. All right. He's been giving me one word for the church. And th this coming month, he gave me two. So maybe we're going to be on it for two months. But the first word he gave me was purpose. And the second word he gave me is choice. Mm -hmm. And I want you to know you're one choice away from walking in the full purpose of God. Just one. All right? So I, just, just, I believe God is going to pour into his people about purpose and what he has purposed for you, that you're not going to be the same. I'm trying to give you a commercial for next month. But tonight, tonight, we're going to stay on grace. Let's read the scripture together. And Amen. God is able to make all, always, I mean, always having all, sufficiency in all so God is all in all and he's doing all in all amen, amen. tell your neighbor all of it amen. amen you may be seated <clears throat> all of it all of it because 
because we have to understand that grace means more than forgiveness. Okay? Grace gives you all sufficiency in every area of your life. Without grace, when you went to get out of bed, you would not have been able to stand. Grace gave you the ability to stand. Grace brought you here tonight. Grace will be the one that's taking you home. Without grace, we could not function. God built his system on grace. Everything without grace comes to an end. So God gave us eternal life so that we would have no end. And he did it by grace. Amen? So it's more than forgiveness. It's, it's more than you can even begin to put into words. Grace is more than that. It is God's system at work. Okay? God's system. Say it's up to God. All right. We have to know that. I want you to turn to Romans chapter number one. I mean 12. Romans chapter 12. Verse one. Okay, beginning in verse 1, <clears throat> Paul, Paul writes this, and I'm going to read a few of the verses, and then we'll come back and let the, let the Spirit lead us. It says, <clears throat> I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to All right. Acceptable to. All right. Acceptable to. All right. Don't be putting all this work into your body to please somebody else. All right. You should be first. Uh, I'm telling you, if you get your priorities straight and please God with your body, everything else will work out. Don't try to please nobody else before you please God. Who are you going to please with your body? All right. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than ought to think, but to think soberly as God 
has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we bring many, so we being many, are one body in Christ and individual members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let them prophesy in proportion to our faith. If ministry, let us use it in ministering he who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Amen. And so Paul is writing to the church to identify to the church <clears throat> that there is a need that we must do individually. We must present our bodies as living sacrifices to who? Thereby, we no longer belong to ourselves. We belong to Therefore, if something happens to us, we do not take offense because it's not really against us because we belong to. Therefore, we should never fight with one another because it's really nothing that has happened to you. So you don't have a fight because it belongs to. Man, y'all got this. There's going to be no more arguing, no more disputes. <laughs> because you got this word. And it's something to have it and not use it. It's like showing up at a gunfight. But won't use your gun. You're going to lose the fight. <laughs> but you got it. You, you, you ought to use it. So Paul says this. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. In other words, sacrificing what you would want to do so that you would mess up and please God by doing what he would want you to do. When, when we want to do one thing, we just do something else because we don't belong to us, and that is when we surrender and sacrifice and let God have his way. Paul is teaching that we got grace, so we should give grace. And we have taken offense. Too many times we have been offended and taken ownership of an offense 
when we shouldn't have taken the ownership. Therefore, the enemy, which is Satan, has become accustomed to feeding us what he knows that we will bite. You know that it looks good, you can bite it, but there's a hook on it. If you bite it, you're going to get sucked in and you bite it anyway. So the enemy goes fishing and he's tossing offenses out to the believers. But the believers who will not live a life that is sacrificed under God keep taking the bait. The bait of offense is the worst thing that we could, could, could bite, and we bite on it all the time because there's too much of us in the situation. So Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, remember that this is not about you, and remember that you have grace, enough grace, to get you past any offense that comes your way. So grace is not just for forgiveness. Grace is the system of God that is available to the believers. And if you use the system of God, then you will win every battle that the enemy tries to throw your way. So then, so Paul says it this way. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And so that means that we ought to be working on pleasing God. So how do you please God? First, you got to believe God. How many of you believe that God is who he is? How many of you believe that God is sovereign? How many of you believe that he is omnipotent? That means all-powerful. How many of you believe that he is omnipresent? He is everywhere. How many of you believe he's omniscient, meaning he knows everything? If you believe all of that, then you know the God that knows everything is watching out for the ones that he has chosen. How many of you believe that you're chosen? How many of you believe that God chose you in spite of you? As in spite of the way you think sometimes, in spite of some of the things that you've done, God still chose you and calls you his. You belong to God. If you belong to God, you ought to believe God. God says, I won't put more on you than you can bear. Do you believe it? God says he'll make a way of escape no matter what comes up on you. Do you believe it? So you can't say I got trapped by the enemy if God has told you he has a way of escape for you. So excuses are out the window. So God wants us to know that he has given us a system and he wants us to use his system. So we could tap into the system of grace and use it for whatever we need it for. That's what grace is. Grace will give you every, every sufficiency that you need. Nothing else got you out of your trouble except for grace. 
How many of you gotten in trouble before? Did grace get you out? Uh-huh. Sometimes you say, I don't know how I got out of this. Yeah, yeah, you do. Grace got you out. Because when you couldn't help yourself, God made his grace so big that your, your problem became little and you surrendered to the big grace and came to God. And so God had a system in place for you. And so he's, he's beseeching us as, as living sacrifices that we would, now he says, which is our reasonable sacrifice. Okay, so we have, we have a reasonable sacrifice. And what is that? To please God by believing him. So we work up and we have problems. And we get concerned about problems. But who's the answer to every problem? God. Is he going to answer it? So then why do we worry? Do we have a problem with believing God? based on whatever situation we're in, right? Do we have that problem from time to time? We do. Why do we have that problem? Well, because there's a battle between flesh and faith. And most of us won't admit it because we could become so churchy that we won't admit that we're still in the flesh. But having faith doesn't mean that you're not lo no longer in the flesh. What it means is you depend more on your faith than you do your flesh. And you want to please your faith more than you want to please your flesh. Your faith is when you believe God to be who he is, then you're going to want to please him no matter what you're faced with. That's why Hebrews 11.6 says it is impossible to please God without faith. You got to believe him. Okay, verse number 13, I mean, verse number two, let's go. He says, so do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What renews your mind? The word of God, because you have the spirit of God dwelling in your heart. Your heart is where the blood pumps. So when the blood is being pumped from the spirit man, when it is hearing something, it is pumping new memories to your mind so that your mind will be transformed from your spirit that's inside of you that's connecting to the word of God. And if you don't have the word of God, that means there is a disconnect and your flesh will begin to rise above your faith because you are not renewing your mind. It is something you need to understand because in when you come to church, sometimes you can come to church and hear a good sermon, but the sermon does not connect with the spirit because your mind has drifted somewhere else. So all it is is just a little cute little sermon because your mind is somewhere else and the enemy is always going to try and take your mind from hearing the word of God. And if he could get you thinking about something else, then your spirit does not hear the word and then you'll Faith cannot grow. Therefore, 
You cannot be conformed to the world because conforming to the world will make you think about the world. The more you think about the world, the less words you get. You could sit under the word, but if your mind is on the world, you will be conformed to your thought process. And so Paul is telling us when you come into the church to get the word, disconnect from the world and all the issues that are in the world and focus on what God has to say to you because the word is transforming your mind. You ever come to church and be thinking about all your troubles? There's a disconnect. And you're wondering why you're supposed to have faith, but you end up in fear. It's because of the disconnect. You are giving the world more attention than you are giving the word. And so Paul is saying, don't even be conformed by it. Don't let nothing shape you except the word of God. So whatever's going on in your life, you got to look at the life that you now live. Mm. Whatever's going on in your life, you got to look at the life that you now live. Whatever is going on in your life, you've got to look at the life that you now live. What life is that? Galatians 2.20. Put that on the board. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Can you put Galatians 2.20 on the board? Okay. Somebody read it. Loud. Stop right there. I've been crucified with who? And I no longer. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. So next time you keep start talking about I, 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 the Holy Spirit is going to remember that you no longer live. All right? So, so part of the problem is we got to watch what we say. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. So then, if you no longer live, then what lives? Christ. He lives in you. So quit putting him to death so that you can reign. Don't you know he will rise again? See? Ah. <laughs> you cannot try to bury Christ if he's living in you because he's going to rise no matter what he's coming up so then we get out of the way and let him have his way now let's go I no longer live but and Okay, now he loves you, he gave himself for you so that he could live through you. How did he do that? I'm going to say grace. grace. None of us deserved it. But there was a system that had started from the beginning. And we said we was waiting for Christ for this great dispensation of grace. And now grace has come. And we're, now we're under the dispensation of grace. Grace has always been here. You don't believe me? Genesis. 
chapter 6, verse 8. I ain't lying. <laughs> we there? Wait, verse, put verse 7 on the board first. We there? Somebody read it. God said, I'm about to destroy every man on the earth because I'm sorry that I made him. He said, I'm destroying everything. He said, because, because everything was wicked. Every thought, and I'm going to just show you this again. Every thought, every thought, say thought. Okay. Put this mind in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. All right. Let that mind of Christ be in you. When? When? Always. Let, so, and that, uh, write this down, that's Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And if Christ Jesus is dwelling in your heart, you ought to give him your mind too. He already has your spirit man. When you die, he will have your physical man. Where the battle is, is in this mind realm, in the thought process. And so, in verse 5 and 6 of Genesis, you got to go back and read chapter 6. God was so upset with the thoughts of man. Every one of their thoughts were evil. Now, it wasn't every action. The word says it was their thought. Why is that important? Because the enemy is always after planting thoughts in your mind. Because he knows God knows your thoughts are far off. So he's trying to plant thoughts in your mind. He is after your mind. He is after the realm that God is delivering. So he's trying to send you. He, he is the prince of the air. And how many of you can see air? You can't see it, but if you throw a paper airplane, it will hold it up because air is here and the enemy is the prince of the air and he is speaking when you can't see him and he is using devices to try to get you to think the wrong way. And you have to understand, you, you have King Jesus dwelling in you. And King Jesus is, listen, he is the God of everything. He is the prince of peace. He's over everything, and he dwells in you. Thereby, you can give him access to your mind. If you think that Jesus can handle anything, when thoughts come in your mind, then just put a little Jesus on top of it. Jesus make everything good. Don't matter what it is, put some Jesus on it. It'll get good. 
said, okay, so he, he said, I'm sorry, I'm going to destroy them all because of the thought process. Let's go. Verse number eight. But Noah found what? Okay, so grace was already here because grace is God's system. We can't stop grace. Grace will come and get you if you belong to God. If you belong to God and you decide that you're going to listen to a devil and follow the devil, you can only follow him so far before grace will come and get you. Because grace is a system that will bypass your thoughts and come and get you. God said, Noah, I found grace with you. And because of the grace I have with you, I'm going to use you so that we can repopulate the earth after I get rid of all these wicked thoughts that are here. What am I saying? God says, I will send grace to you so that I can cleanse your mind. If grace don't come, our minds will go everywhere. But God smiled upon you and gave you his grace through his son, Jesus. That's some good stuff. But it's not just so you can say I have grace. It's so that you can align your thought process. You don't have to think that way. A renewing of the mind is when you really believe that Jesus is who he is. So no matter what your circumstance are, It never changes who he is. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider. Your workplace is not providing for you. Trust me. Look, don't make me open up this word. (laughs) Your workplace is not providing for you. He provided the workplace. Come on, let's get the picture right. Grace. God has given you grace and you haven't tapped into all of it because you've been too satisfied with who he put you under. Ah, that's a whole nother sermon. I'll come back to that in purpose. Turn back, turn back. We got five minutes, huh? Turn back to um, Romans 12. We got five minutes. Wait, verse four, verse three. Verse, verse four, verse three. Read three again then. So, so he gives us, he gives, and this is some wisdom here, because he talks to us, he said about this grace that I have. He says, um, don't, don't think because God has given you grace to perform and do what you do. It's not you. This is all grace at work. This is God's system working through you. He says, don't get caught up in that. Because then you'll start trying to act like many gods and judging people. 
based on where they are. And the only reason why you're where you are is because grace raised you up. And so he says, don't let your mind get caught up in looking at others. Another scripture says, it is, don't judge yourself by others, for in the same measure you'll be judged. In other words, this grace thing is there for everybody else, too. The key is, if you can believe for the grace that saves you, you can believe for the grace that saved them. So he says, don't get caught up because that's the enemy messing with your mind. Listen, the enemy is using these tricks and devices to control you. Paul is warning us and telling us what to watch out for so that if you find yourself looking at somebody else and, and, and judging where they are, when the only thing that kept you from being a crack addict is grace. The only thing that kept you from being a prostitute is grace. Huh? The only thing that kept you in your right mind is grace. So Paul is saying to us, if we have grace, then let this grace transform our way of thinking so that we'll have the mind of Christ. Amen? All right, let's go. Verse 5 and 6, and we're going home. Okay, in proportion to our faith, he says, we all have grace. And grace was given to us so that we could be one. Not that so that we could talk about what somebody else don't have or what they couldn't do or what they don't do. And all of this has broke out in the church. And we're waiting for these miracle signs and wonders. And God is waiting for the church to stop looking at each other and look up at him. Uh, we are so quick to look at others. And here's something that I really got to get to you. Quit looking at you and your failures. Quit it. The enemy wants you to look at what you didn't do right. God is saying look up at him so that he can make a miracle out of the mess you made. The only reason why God allowed you to mess up anyway is so that he could bless up. Are you going to give him the opportunity to bless you up? If you could just turn your face to him and let God be God all by himself and quit listening to what the enemy is trying to infiltrate your mind with, you're still God's child no matter what you've done. Just get back in position and let him be God. Say it's a system and you belong to the system. Moses, when it got, came time for him to lead the people out, he told God, let me find grace then. I need grace to get the people out. God said, well, here go all the grace. I'm going to do exactly what you asked me for. You asked for grace, you're getting grace. 
and he gave a movement unto Moses, and Moses brought all the people out. But Moses didn't do it the way Moses planned it. See, we get discouraged because it doesn't work out according to our plan. Tell your neighbor, renew your mind. It's not up to your plan. God has a master plan. It may look all bad right now, but while it's looking bad, stop having a pity party. Can you believe God that he's going to work it out for the good? Let's renew our mind right now because everything that don't look the way you want it to look, God's going to make it look better than you could ever believe it to look. Do I have any believers in here that can believe God right now for the transformation of the mind to see it his way? It is already all good. God is so awesome. I want, I want to close with this verse. Can you put Psalms 84 and 11 on the board? Because David, David was in love with God, and he messed up. But through his mess up, God blessed up. And so David writes this book of Psalm, and if David wouldn't have never got in trouble, he wouldn't have never wrote this book. That encourages us all. I want to ask you something right now. What book is God writing in your life? Or have you, or have you uh, made them put down the pen? Because the pen goes down when you start standing on the throne. <laughs> so check this out. But the moment you humble yourself, it's all good. So check this out. Here we go. Let's read it together. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be with from those who walk upright. All right? So all we got to do is walk uprightly. Huh? That is pleasing God. No matter what. Depend on God. Here's the problem. We place way too much dependence on people. We have people pleasers. It's better to put your trust in God than to put your trust in man. And we've been putting too much trust in him. And we wonder why God takes us down because we was giving his glory to a man. But he says this. He says, the Lord your God is a sun and a shield. He says, look, he says, I give out so much grace that my grace will protect you. My grace will love you. My, and my grace will rescue you all at the same time. It doesn't even make sense. Nothing does that except grace. He says, and the Lord will give grace and glory. Well, here, the writer writes it that way. It's in the King James. But really, what, the, what, what, what it's saying is, the Lord gives glorious grace. He gives you so much grace that it just releases glory, and everybody sees the Lord at work in your life. That's all he said. And he says, and I won't withhold any of that. I was talking to somebody earlier today, and I said, 
Um, everything that we need and more, we have it already. Because God's system is moving. And if we stay, if we stay where he tells us to stay, and I'm talking about in your whole mind, soul, and body, to stay where God says, quit looking at your situation and wanting to place your own judgment on it. The enemy is speaking in these airways and he's trying to get you to get out of the grace system. And we're one choice away from receiving all God has for us. Do you know that grace is not going to wait? You can step out of position and you've been believing God for something and you watch everybody that stayed there get blessed. And you wonder, how they get blessed? Looking at your neighbor, how they're getting blessed? Well, grace wasn't waiting. Grace is going to keep on pouring. It's a system. And God wants you to have all of it. He says, stay upright. If you stay upright with God, all the grace will not be withheld. I'm talking glorious grace. That's a word for his chosen people. Give him a hand of praise. All right, it's time to go.